It's time to get your morning started with the news you need to know. News update. This is what's trending with DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Up to the basket so hard. Hendricks at the apex eradicates it. Transition Clarkson three ball. Yes, sir. Hendricks blows by Webinyama to the rim. Boom. Boom. Pow. Clarkson chest it to Lowry. Left corner three. Pow. 90 to 72. Jazz by 18 with 50 seconds to play in the third quarter. The Jazz get a steal. On the run, Lowry lobs it high. Colin Sexton finishes with a layup. Timeout, Greg Popovich, Utah by 15 again with six minutes left here in the fourth in Salt Lake City. The Jazz have a chance to put this one away. Sexton flares to Lowry for three. Kaboom! 116.95. Good night now, Greg Popovich. And the Spurs, yeah, good night. Good night to this season. Spurs suck. Oh, my gosh. They're worse than the uh, Utah State Aggies in the early 90s. <laughs> yeah, the early 90s, not late, late 90s. 90s. Late oh, 90s. Late 90s. Okay, my bad. <laughs> I see where you're going with that. <laughs> That's the voice of Riley Jensen, former Utah State quarterback, now mental health performance coach. He's sitting in today. DJ is off today and tomorrow. Riley graciously coming in. And the Spurs graciously coming in. Jazz are on a five-game losing streak. Not no more, man. Spurs 11-47. and 47. My goodness. I guess I give Popovich credit for wanting to stick it out because he could go somewhere and do something else. But he's chosen to stay and have this massive multi-year rebuilding project. I mean, the Jazz fans are sort of growing impatient here with the trades and how it extended the rebuilding project. Uh, but you've got the Spurs with Winbayama, who was decent enough against the Jazz. Had, uh, what do you have, a double-double, 22-10. and 10. But the run five blocks is impressive. But the rest of the team is just awful. And the Jazz, they cleaned up and got healthy, got good. And everybody could feel good about themselves as they start a road trip. So, Riley, I want to get into it with you. Not right now. We'll do it in the next segment about the psychological aspects of the trade or trades because the Jazz have really struggled since then. And we'll see what they do when they go out on this road trip. But for now, anyway, the Spurs were able to help them heal. We all need to heal, don't we? <laughs> Heal the world. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. There you go. All right, there you go. That is the jazz. We'll get to that throughout the morning for sure right here with DJ and PK and RJ sitting in. Hashtag NBA. Beasley on the left wing. Back to Portis. They'll reverse it to Lillard on the near wing right. Long three from Dean. And he knocks it down from the near side right. Oh, Damian Lillard showing off the range on that one. 28 feet out. Lillard's going the other direction. Drives around Batum. Lobs up top to Giannis, who staples it down on the dunk with a foul. The Greek freak set up marvelously by Damian Lillard delivering the dime. Nurkic throws it into the backcourt. Another chance for James. The scoop and the flush. Jokic hands it off over to Murray. Now you can shoot it. Less than five to go on the clock. Murray goes to the right hand. In the paint, Jokic alley-oop. Dunk! Two hands hard! Aaron Gordon 
They're up by 14 points on the Warriors, and this thing is over. That's some highlights in yesterday's action. A bunch of games that were played on the Sunday. You heard the Bucks taking care of the Sixers. Doc Rivers goes back to Philadelphia where he spent three years. Philly obviously shorthanded without uh, Mr. Embiid, so they're not expected to do a whole lot. They're just hanging on until he gets back. And the Bucks, we'll see if they can get going because it's been a rough transition with Doc Rivers taking over. And they were easily able to handle the Sixers. Antetokounmpo, one assist short of a triple-double. The Suns and the Lakers. Now, Riley, they've competed with the Jazz for years. You're a native of here, hardcore, lifelong Jazz fan. Does it do you well to see the Lakers lose? Oh, I, it never hurts my feelings to see the Lakers lose. Although there, I do have some feelings towards Phoenix every once in a while for some reason. Bad? Yeah, I don't know why. Just because me? No, not because of you. <laughs> not because of you. Not because of you at all. Suns and Jazz sort of have mirrored each other for a number of years. Halfway decent franchises, uh, but have not been able to get the, uh, over the hump into the finals. I guess the Suns have been there three times. They were there a couple of years ago, so they got one more finals appearance than the Jazz do. And they're 10 games over 500. We'll see what they can do. Royce O'Neal, man, the ex-Jazz man, picked up uh, at the trade deadline from the Brooklyn Nets, 20-10. and 10. He was hot. I think for what they need, Royce O'Neal can be an excellent fit. I don't know if there's ever such thing as a perfect fit but I think that he can be an excellent fit because, you know, he can take the open shot, but he's not going to hunt shots or demand shots, and he's going to play D and do those types of dirty work things that people need or teams need. So uh, a nice pickup for them. We'll see. I still don't think they've got enough to get over the hump in the postseason. And then you heard the Pacers beating the Mavs. Mavs have been doing well. Uh, But uh, the Pacers, Pacers are a good team, man. We'll see what they can do. They're fun uh, to watch. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Thunder handling the Rockets as they should. Holmgren 29. And the Hawks, without Trey Young, beat the Magic. Now, Boncaro did not play. They said he was sick. He's their best player. And the reason why I bring up Trey Young is because he was injured in Friday's game in the loss to Toronto. He's got a, a finger issue, a ligament in the left pinky, and it's going to be requiring surgery to repair the torn ligament. So he's going to be out the four to six weeks, and they'll evaluate him at that point. Well, the Jazz play the Hawks tomorrow. And the Hawks, depending on how you want to look at it, the Hawks are a threat to the Jazz losing the pick because the Jazz need to finish in with the worst 10. The top pick is top 10 protected. And the Hawks at 25 and 32. With Murray out, you would think they would lose some more games, so they would move ahead or behind, however you want to look at it, with the Jazz. And if the Jazz finish 11th, then they lose the pick. I guess maybe the worst scenario would be losing the pick and not getting in the plan. So we'll see about that. NBA suspended. Bunch of guys. You see Miami and the Pelicans. You had uh, Jimmy Butler, who usually finds himself in some mess. He and Marshall, they were suspended a game. They instigated an on-court alter- altercation. Alvarado and Thomas, the Pelicans in the Heat, three games for leaving the bench. 
And uh, there you go. All right, there is your NBA. Let's move on, my good friend Christian, because Jake Hatch is off today, too. Everybody's leaving me. I'm running the ship alone. But I got two capable guys who can really pinch hit. Who, who really like you and, and want to support you and be here for you. Oh, sweet. Then I hope the other guys never come back. <laughs> Hashtag NFL. I got more fire than ever, honestly, especially over the past two years of what I've gone through, whether it's in Denver or somewhere else. I, I hope it's in Denver. You know, I hope I get to finish there. I, I, I committed there. I wanted to be there. You know, I want to be there. For me, it's about winning. Over the next five years, I want to win two. People, people think that I'm out of there, but, you know, maybe I am. But no matter what, like, I, I love to go back. That's Russell Wilson, Denver Broncos quarterback with the Brandon Marshall podcast, I Am Athlete, Hear Me Roar. I added the Hear Me Roar, <laughs> saying he wants to... Win two Super Bowls in the next why, five years? Why two? Why not five? I mean, I would want to win five out of the next five. He's being realistic. <laughs> like, well, I don't. I mean, think as long as we're talking a... about what you want. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just prefer to want about forty percent of the time. I, I want a hundred percent of the time. He would be a legend in Denver if he won two out of the next five. He'd be. I mean, there's guys that haven't won two in their whole career. He's just throwing out numbers. Well, he's got the one. Should have had the other, but they didn't. Uh, you think he's done, though? Or has uh, it feels like Sean Payton rejuvenated him? I feel like it's declined. I know, I, if I were buying stock, I wouldn't buy Russell Wilson. Right you would now. not? No. Not, not me personally. And, and, and maybe a little bit more to do with leadership and like do guys believe in him do guys believe the words that he says anymore because I, I just he just comes ap- across so disingenuous to me disingenuous oh yeah man uh, he's a phony oh i think he's a total phony why just everything he says just feel i mean just just that little clip right there like oh yeah i mean i want to be in denver I, I you know he's he's like covering all his bases all the time he should be in politics because everything he says just feels like a politician to me. Yeah, I want to win two out of the next five. I don't care where I am. I mean, I want to be at Denver if Denver wants me because I want to be here. I mean, I committed to Denver. And guys pick up on that. Really? There's there's hardly any former college player that I know that when I talk to him about Russell Wilson that I don't get like half of an eye roll. Really? Yeah. A, a half, not a, not, not a three full, quarters, not just a full. Like, just like, well, yeah. See, I'm throwing out number. I'm throwing out half, just like, <laughs> just like Russell. Okay. Wilson. I started talking about him. I started acting like him. <laughs> I know this is radio, and people can't see it. But what would a half an eye roll look? I like? don't know. See, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I'm telling you, it's Russell. Could Wilson. You do it's Russell roll? Wilson's fault. Can you do a half eye roll. One eye over here. One eye over. Oh, there. an eye. Okay. All right. <laughs> that kind of gave me the creeps. <laughs> I'll do it again. Other stuff in the NFL. Salary cap moving up to $255.4 million per team. That's $30 million more than last year. Thank you, Taylor Swift. Wow. Yeah. How about that? And then what do you think about this one? Eric Bieniemy, two-year deal to join Deshaun Foster's staff at UC Los Angeles as the associate head coach, offensive coordinator. How do you think that's going to go? I mean, I think he's a good coordinator. 
I'm, I don't know what the deal is behind the scenes with Eric Bieniemy, but it just seems like nobody wants to give him the nod for like anything major. But I, I feel like I feel like he's earned a position at at, at at least at UCLA as the Bruins' associate head coach. Right. I mean, I'm not question, questioning his credentials. I'm questioning can you have success there on a program that Chip Kelly wasn't recruiting very well, and now they're going into the Big Ten where it figures to be. Uh, a little bit more difficult, I would think, given the number of quality teams now that that conference is having. I just wonder, uh, is he going to have success? I think I think he's going to have success. I still think that's a place that you can recruit. I still think that's a place where you can get great talent. And, shoot, there's teams that, that lose everybody in a year and then they bring in a bunch of freaking NIL talent. I mean... Look, in the past, it might be, I might have asked myself, I might have said, man, the enemy moving from the pros down to college, like, that's, well, it's just moving from one pro team to another pro team now. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you. it's yeah. not like they can't recruit somebody in. It's not like they can't take NIL money and, and pay some people. Now, UCLA's been an interesting place, just like Arizona State and Arizona to me, where you would think that you could always bring in, like, top talent and win with it, and it hasn't always, like, come to fruition but I, I certainly think that they can win at UCLA I mean you've been to UCLA I've been to UCLA it's not like that's not a, a nice campus it's not like it's not a nice place to live it's not like it's it, it isn't warm in Southern California yes it is but I just think people kids want to go where they can be a big deal and you're not a big deal there well but you can sell that you're a big deal because you're going to the Big Ten now that you're that you're part of that whole train I know, but the community just doesn't rally around the football program. I think that's what it is in the Arizonas, and that's what it is here. That's what it's not here. They do rally around the football programs here, right. so you can be a star. And all is it that. just because people in California have too much to do? Like too many options? Like I'm going to the beach today. I don't need. That. Uh, there's pros of everything, and pros usually take precedent over colleges. Not too many places where the college is bigger than the pro. And so it's a it's a problem, I think. We'll see. Maybe the enemy with Deshaun Foster can have tons of success. I don't care anymore because they're out of that conference that I grew up in. So I don't care what those teams do in the Big Ten. They can win right. them all, lose them all. It doesn't matter. It has no effect on anything we do anymore. So that's a shame. I'm going to miss that for sure. Richard Sherman arrested on suspicion of DUI early Saturday morning. Well, there we go, man. He's got a lot to say. We'll see what he says about this. He's been, he's had some legal trouble before. And how about this? Caleb Williams and Jaden Daniels, they will not throw this week's NFL Combine. They will attend the Combine and participate in interviews, but will wait till the prospect, respective pro days to toss the football around. Do they really need to do that anyway? Well, no. I mean, here's here's the thing. There are some there are some disadvantages to quarterbacks when they go to the pro day and they throw in that pro day because I'll just give you an example when a wide receiver runs a corner route so when he runs a 10 to 12 yard post corner route every single receiver runs that differently and if you're not throwing to guys that you've thrown to a lot that timing can can be completely thrown off and disrupted and it can make you look bad in a pro day so I don't have any problem with this. Um, I'm interested as to to why they aren't participating in the other things. Like, I can understand throwing, but why wouldn't you participate in whatever else they want you to participate in besides the interviews? Because your stock can only go down. 
Yeah. And so, but I get the throwing. That like when you, when you're talking about the modern passing game, there's so much to the timing of it that if you make yourself look bad in a pro day, it, it can cost you millions and millions of dollars. So you might as well do it in your controlled environment with your receivers where you know the way the guys are going to run the routes so that you can look good. All right, that's your NFL. Let's move on to college basketball. Hashtag college basketball. Disappointed we lost. But look, for me, it's I'm more concerned about the well-being of our guys. You know, Flip sprains his ankle. When are we going to ban court storming? Like, when are we going to ban that? Like, how many times does a player have to get into something where they get punched or they get pushed or they get taunted right in their face? And it, it's a dangerous thing. But you look around the country and Caitlin Clark, something happens. And now Flip, I don't know what his status is going to be. He sprains his ankle. It's one thing, like when I played, at least it was 10 seconds in the court. You know, you would storm the court. Now it's the buzzer doesn't even go off and they're they're running on the floor. And this has happened to us a bunch this year. I don't want this to take away at all from Wake. They earned it. They deserve the win. They're, they're really good. At your Duke head coach, John Shire. Did you see that? Did you ever see I was watching the game Saturday live as they lose to Wake Forest and the Wake Forest students. It was even like a second or two before the final buzzer. And Duke's Filipowski, who's expected to be a high draft choice uh, this summer, big man for Duke, Mm -hmm. he was caught around midcourt. And there was contact, multiple contacts. And then he had to be helped off uh, it looked like it might have even been worse. And they're talking about sprained ankle, uh, but it looked like I, I thought originally it might have been a knee. Uh, and so he had to be helped. The Duke players and coaches were uh, bodyguarding him. And as they were walking through the tunnel, his girlfriend got into it with a fan. It, uh, it was nasty. It was one of your nastier stort, court storming incidences. I, I didn't see it, and so you know, granted because I didn't see it, it 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 probably was worse than maybe what I'm imagining. But man, I mean, you're talking about a sport that is is dwindling in ratings, in viewership, in interest, and now you're going to take away court storming. You're going to take away like somebody being excited about winning. You're going to tell college students they can't celebrate when their team wins. Is there? Is it possible to ban court storming? Could you actually literally ban it? I, I I mean, I have no idea. I mean, it sounds like John Shire's fun at parties because... I think what they should do, <laughs> if you have a team that's ranked coming in and there's a potential, have it where they bring in the security and police on horses. On the basketball court. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would work. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, totally. A horse... On a maple wood floor, yeah, would totally stop people. Just bring from them charging. through the tunnel and have them. You know, sometimes you see that in, in outdoor yeah, yeah. stadiums. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to see a horse run around on the maple wood floor, or maybe, <laughs> maybe some tigers and lions. Okay, tigers and lions. Now you got me. Now, bears, now you got oh me. Now we're talking about coliseum bears, stuff. Bears, bringing bears, bringing some bears, <laughs> bringing some lions and tigers. Maybe bring in Ralphie the buffalo. Bring in that one mountain lion who got that one kid down in Utah County. Remember, you remember that video? I don't remember. Oh that. yeah, yeah. You remember that video, Christian, where he's uh, he's recording the whole thing, 
and the mountain lion's making himself get big, and he gets his, his, his like legs go out, and, and the guy's just you know what in a brick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're talking about you're talking about. Uh, I thought you were talking about like a kid, kid. You're talking no, about no, like, no. I, no, I remember. 20s. I remember where he was like, yeah, yeah. He's trying to run away from. <laughs> he's yeah, thinking yeah. this is it, and Dude. he's using some nasty language. What's up with the? Hey, what is up with all the mountain lions like coming down into the valleys all of a sudden? Like, there's been some in East Mill Creek. There's been up in Logan. Like all of these mountain lions. That's that's one I don't want to see. That's I don't that is it. one I don't care to see up close and in personal any time in my life. Very dangerous, for sure. All right, and also college basketball. Utes and Cougars both got beat. The Cougars, again, going on the road on a Saturday, losing by 10. Two Saturdays in a row they've gone on the road against teams they were expected, maybe possibly thought, to be able to beat, and they lost by 10 in each game. Saturday before last was Oklahoma State, and now here it was Kansas State. And they'll get Oklahoma State to close the season. I don't think it's going to derail their NCAA tournament bid unless they lose out the rest of the way. They got Kansas tomorrow at Kansas, so that's going to be real tough. And the Utes got blitzed, man. They got beat by uh, over, what, uh, like 34 points to Colorado. Colorado. Colorado, when healthy, is a really good team. And the Utes, uh, if they're not playing well, they're not a good team. But we'll see. They got four more games. got an opportunity to get healthy here and see if they can get some momentum going into the conference tournament. All right, and the Utah women, man, beat SC. That's a big one. They're down to the final games, and then the conference tournament for them is in Vegas next week. Let's move on to my favorite sport. Hashtag RSL. Yeah, no, I thought it was a really good play. And again, I think in that part of the field, we want our tents closer together. And I think both Luna and Crooksy were involved in the play. And one of the things that, you know, is really important with the setup is the weight of the pass and the foot that he plays the pass to. thought it was just all around perfect execution. And again, that's what it takes to score against a really staunch defense like St. Louis. That's Pablo Mastroni talking about Matt Crook and Diego Luna. And they helped with Chichiro get a goal like Chicho. I don't keep calling him Chichiro. Uh, I probably just call him Christian. Christian Arango. Uh, I'm going to start calling you Chicho, by the way, Christian. Works your, for me. As yeah. your nickname. Yeah. it's <laughs> a good idea. They get to draw the tie 1-1 with St. Louis. And they're back in action Saturday. They got their home opener against LAFC. And it's at noon. So it'll be a day game at noon. RSL 0-1-1. Riley, I know that you watched that game. I missed that one. I watched it. I missed it. Crook made his debut. You know these soccer players are all running around about 5'8", 5'9", 5'10". This guy's 6'4". And when he's in there, he looks like he's freaking 8 feet tall compared to the rest of the guys. He, He reminded me of Pau Gasol. (laughs) <laughs> really tall and slender. Yeah. He, he, he just a head bigger than everybody. Interested to see what he can do because he's got some good size, and we'll see. And as you know, I am a hardcore RSL fan because Pablo Mastroni went and, to your high school and I went to the same high school. We are two of the athletic legends of Thunderbird High. Him probably a little bit more pronounced than me. Just barely. I was a weak hitting, weak fielding third baseman. 
but still a starter. <laughs> I did start. <laughs> <laughs> Shows you how bad the backup was. <laughs> uh, sometimes that's true. I get, if I, can I tell just a quick story? Please. Quarterback, till 10. quarterback who started in front of me at, at Snow College my freshman year, his name was Joe Borich, went on to start at Memphis for two years. Really good quarterback. And he goes, do you know how I know that I'm the best quarterback out of me and you and I go how and he goes because I threw six interceptions in the bowl game and they still didn't put you in (laughs) 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 and I was like that's messed up Joe and it's kind of true that hurts my feelings thanks coach Tidwell thanks coach Paul Tidwell former BYU assistant coach I love coach Paul Tidwell I think that uh, you know I probably would have started my senior year but it helped my junior year that the returning third baseman literally just ate himself out of a starting job. Really? Yeah, well, he probably gained 50 pounds in the uh, offseason. Oh, man. And in high school? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's and, hard to do. I know, he did it. And midway through, he quit. Quit the team. So he added 50 pounds, didn't start, then quit. Yeah. They moved him to catcher. What did you do to him? There's some psychological things going on there. If you're going to put 50 pounds on in the offseason and then you got him to quit. The summer, I want to know what really happened, PK. What really happened? What did you do to him? Well, the summer before, during, <laughs> uh, what do they call him? Uh, American Legion, whatever it was called. That We would play on Sundays. And that was the only time I would get the chance to start because the young man was a Latter-day Saint. And he did not play on Sundays. And so maybe I had good games on Sunday. I don't know. But uh, he ended up leaving. I ended up starting. and then, Oh, that's uh, one time that it doesn't pay off for you. Yeah. To, to not so, play on Sundays. Uh, and he, he, he quit the team. He wanted to join another team, uh, a rival school, but there were some issues there. So anyway, there you go. I got to tell you about the win tickets Wednesday. Don't miss your chance to win big every week on the KSL Sports Zone this week. On Win Ticket Wednesday, you can wear win a pair of tickets to Santana at Utah First Credit Union Amphitheater on August 21st. Listen to the KSL Sports Zone all day on Wednesday for your chance to win. All right, that's what's trending. We got to get to the Jazz. Riley Jensen sitting in. Steve Cleveland's going to join us in about an hour and a half. Talk some hoops. Stay with us right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. You're listening to DJ and PK. Presented by Murdoch Chevrolet. I love it. Proudly serving Utah since 1926. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Now, here's a little story I got to tell about three bad brothers you know so well. It started way back in history with that rap and me. My team. Yeah, that's little Beastie Boys. We'll get to that in a minute here. Coming up, uh, band of the day. Uh, I got to tell you right now, Hot Takes Your Toast brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen with 30 years of experience serving the good folks of Utah all over the state. That is for sure. Siegfried and Jensen. Hot Takes Your Toast. Now, Riley Jensen sitting in for David James Sniggledorf III, who's out, and talking about the psychological aspects of what the Jazz were doing. You know, they had... Risen a little bit. They had a really good streak. Well, they won like, uh, what's that, uh, 9 out of 10, 8 out of 10, 9, 9 out of 11, something like that. And they were really good. 
And then the trade deadline comes, and then we saw what happened. They lost five in a row until winning against San Antonio last night, and everybody's beating San Antonio. San Antonio only has 11 wins. They're awful, absolutely. So beating San Antonio, if you can't beat them, who the heck you're going to beat? Who the heck are you going to be able to beat? That would be nobody. But they got that one. So Riley, from the you're a mental performance health coach. From that perspective, the trades of Fontecchio, Abache, and Kelly Olynyk. I mean, none of those three guys are individually great on their own, but uh, it's particularly Fontecchio and Kelly Olynyk that were pretty good team players and all that stuff. It's clear that it had a real downer effect on the team. You ever seen anything like that? Oh, yeah. This is, this is very typical of... So there's kind of four stages of like team building. There's and I can't remember right off of hand the name of of the the researcher who came up with this, but they all rhyme. But you're talking about forming, you're talking about storming, norming, and performing. These are like the four stages of teamwork. And at any one time, you're trying to move a team from either forming the team to storming, from storming to norming, from norming to performing. Anyway, long story short, what happens when when good team players, players that are good for the team get traded or when they're no longer on the team is it will move you back a level in the stage. So right, right now what's happened is there's a whole bunch of guys that are like, okay, so these guys are gone. This place is open. This place is open. This place is open. And so what it naturally does is forms – some storming that takes place and storming is just like the type of place where at the first of the year, people are trying to find out what their role is. They're trying to find out whether they're starters, whether they're not starters, whether they're going to get a certain amount of minutes or not. And so when you're going through this, um, the shorter you can make the storming period of this, this trade, the better. And that happens by coaches giving players, their roles and redefining their roles as quickly as possible. Now, the hard part about that for a coach is, is yes, I want them to storm and yes, I want them to compete for these new minutes, but I also got to see, I got, I got to see what happens in the new part or, or this new team, the way the new team looks before I can clearly delineate what it's going to look like for these guys. And so until that happens, it's hard for you to get back together and start playing team ball because it's practically impossible if you're in the storming stage of a team to to play what I what I would call just just team basketball, like really really good team basketball, because people are battling for their own minutes, right? Yeah. How about the message that the management is sending that we don't care enough about winning this year, this very season? We're oh, yeah, looking at down the road. I think psychologically there's all kinds of things that go into that. And I think you're always wondering as a player, like, okay, so what is my role? Am I going to be here next year? Am I part of the future plans? Am I not part of the future plans? And I think that's what's been a little bit hard for for jazz fans and jazz players to like catch on to is what what is my role here? Am I am I just a filler for the next couple of years? And if I am a filler, do I just try and fill up the hoop for the next two years so I can go to a great team and then compete on a team that's going to play for a championship? And <laughs> I think these are a little bit of tough times. And 
The one thing that I will say about jazz management, at least from the outside looking in, is they've been very patient with these deals. They haven't been, I don't feel like they're just like overreacting to every little thing that happens. Now, at a certain point, I, I mean, I, I, I hear fans getting restless and I hear people getting restless. For sure, yeah. Right? But at a certain point, there has to be some moves made that make people feel like, oh, okay, here we go, right? They're not right, there yet. But they're not there yet. And, you know, for right now, I'm 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 sitting as a fan and watching and going, man, okay, I can trust this, but I, I'm, I don't know how much longer that you want to watch a team or that you want to, you know, see them – just every week, not not necessarily play really, really good team basketball. Because fans in the state of Utah, regardless of whether the team has been a championship run or not, they've typically been a playoff team. And so I think this is a little bit of a different run or a little bit of a different Yeah, I think the, the, the message where there's a, a conflict is that we need you to be all in about winning, but the people above you aren't. Not now. I mean, they are – they're charged with a different uh, perspective and a different goal in terms of they want to get to where they're competing to be in a Western Conference Finals, and then if you should win that, obviously, NBA Finals. Uh, and they're a long, long way from that. Uh, and they're, they're making these moves that they figure that could help them get to there quicker. But they've got to have long-range vision. The player is told, we need you to do this, this, and this to help us win. But the people over here, two steps above you, because you got the coach right above you, but then the executive management is not looking at it the same way. And to me, if I'm a player, I've never been one, does that put conflict in your mind? Well, wait a second here. We're trying to win, but you're undercutting us. We don't share the same alignment of purpose right now. And clearly it had an effect. I mean, you're losing to Charlotte. Charlotte stinks. And you're losing to Charlotte at home. That's not good. Not good at all. No, and I mean, look, you've, you've seen this in the workplace before. There's, there's times all the time where... A sales staff starts to do really good. They start to come together. They start to make really, really good sales for a company. And then they change the commission structure. Or they change something. And what happens to, like, salespeople in the real world is they start to feel like there's a glass ceiling. Like, okay, I can work really hard, and they tell me that I can make this amount of money, but as soon as I do, they're going to restructure the contract for me. They're going to restructure the way we're getting paid. And there's really a glass ceiling on how much they're really willing to pay you know, on this sales staff or this sales staff or other things. And so the same thing happens out in the world as is happening right now is you feel like they tell you like, hey, work as hard as you can. You'll make a bunch of money. We'll make we'll get a bunch of wins. Things will be well. And then they pull a couple of people away because they're not they're not willing to like do certain things. And that can be that can be difficult from the mental standpoint for both players that are playing professional basketball or salespeople that are out in the sales world. That, that's something that you have to deal with. And what you hope for, if you're in management at that point, is you hope that you have enough leaders on the team that can help, like, tide things over while you're still trying to make the moves to get you to where you want to go. Right. But, and, and 
And so depending on what the leadership is like on this team, including the coach, the coach is part of that leadership team, right? Um, can you keep players playing hard and can you keep them battling and in the right mindset so that when the pieces do come together, that they're ready to hit the ground running? Yeah, we'll get into the aspect of what uh, the coach can do and what role he has to play in that particular situation because they are still charged with winning games. That'll never change. And with that in mind, I'm wondering if you're Will Hardy, how do you really, really go about handling it? Because to a, in a sense, do you see him being caught in the middle? It feels like middle management. That's what it feels like to me. I mean, anybody that's been in middle management before knows that they get a, <laughs> they, 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 they have a tough time with those that are above them. They have a tough time with those that are, and I, I'm putting this in quotation marks, below them, right? No, I get they're, your point. They're constantly getting, you know, feedback from both places. And that's, that's, that's where middle management is very, very tough. That's, that's a very tough job. I think where Will Hardy is right now is very tough. I mean, he's a competitor. He wants to win. When, when, when trades or like things like that happen that disrupt things, that, that also has to be a little bit frustrating to him. Now he's not going to say that he's not, I mean, he's making really good money. There's not a lot of jobs in the country, right. That, that pay as much as what he's getting paid. So he's going to, he's going to figure out how to, how to deal with this and how to message it. But it doesn't mean that it's not frustrating to him as well. All right, there you go. Coming up next, we will get into this more, get into the idea of how much patience can the fan base have because right now that is what is going to be required and also the young dudes you know we'll put yourself in the position of being a young dude and they've got some young guys is that enough to carry you over in terms of your interest and what are you looking for with them stay with us right here on 97.5 the ksl sports zone when it comes to the biggest moments in utah sports history say these guys have seen it all. This is DJ and PK. DJ and PK on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. No sleep till! You've got to fight for your right to party. The band of the day is Beastie Boys, and it's brought to you by Live Nation. House Band of the Day is brought to you by Live Nation for all your live concert and events in 2024. Check out LiveNation.com. Christian shows the Beastie Boys. It's not a bad choice. Why did you choose the Beastie Boys? Uh, I was building some of the morning stuff this morning. I was looking through all of Jake's Rejoin music, and uh, Beastie Boys was right there at the top. And it, it was kind of the first band that I was like, hey, I see that one, and I like that one, and I know that they have a lot of music that we could play throughout the show today. There it is. There you have it. <laughs> the Beastie Boys. Okay. All right. How much patience... You're a jazz fan, right? Yeah. How much patience I, should I really they have? I really enjoy the jazz. I mean, you're from here. I'm not from here. You're from here. I am. You grew up here. I used to fight with Utah State teammates all the time. About what? About the jazz. Because when I was playing at Utah State, it was 97, 98. They were pretty good then. Jazz were good. Yes. And all the guys on the team were Lakers fans. Oh, and man, that was. Runners, of that, course. That was freaking <laughs> hard freaking work. 
But at that time, the Jazz were better than the Lakers. I know. And I, that and was Kobe I, and I got uh, coming of age bit. in the league. It was. It was. So, I, I, look, I've been a fan for a long time. There's part of me <laughs> there's part of me that that I don't know if you were to com- if you were to compare the Utah Jazz to an NFL franchise what would it be Minnesota Vikings Buffalo Buffalo Yeah I'd go right. more Buffalo go more Buffalo Now I know they have the hockey and I think in time we'll have the hockey too but I had a f- friend in college when I was going to ASU, who was from Buffalo, and oh my gosh, this guy, he was a Buffalo freak, Buffalo Bills right. freak. He man, he just loved them. My that wife's from upstate New York, and there's tons of Buffalo fans yeah. out there. And so I think it's sort of the situation here. It's out of the way a little bit. And the the Buffalo fans that I've come across, which have not been many, but man, they just love their team. Because it's a smaller community, right? And it's not a so, glamour location. So I would say that Buffalo fans are pained and are a little bit like hurt, a lot like Jazz fans. Yeah, are. they had the, what the four Super Bowls, right? That they didn't win. Now they've got the KC Chiefs are their arch enemy. The KC Chiefs are the Lakers, right? They, they're a really good team. Buffalo's a good team. Josh Allen's a very good player. Right. Could very well not shock me at all if he's in the NFL Hall of Fame or Pro Football Hall of Fame. and But they can't get past KC. Right. Even when they had home field. Exactly. So it, it a lot of good times along the way, but never the culmination good time that you're looking for. Right. And so – how patient can a jazz fan be? I think they could be as patient as anybody because they've already done it. They've got no choice. They've got no choice. <laughs> so uh, when I think about that, you know, and I, I was thinking more Minnesota, but I think I think Buffalo is even more fitting, right? You've had you've had some great runs. You've never ultimately felt the taste of the championship. Yeah, right? that's the only thing that's missing. Right. You got everything else. Right. And so, as as a person who's been a Jazz fan, I almost feel like it was like the Cubs before they broke through, or the Red Sox before they broke through. Okay, like it's just it's this painful thing yeah. of like, oh my gosh, like please, please, right. please, let's get this together. Please, let's make sure all these draft picks and everything comes together so that they can make a run, so I can see it in my lifetime. I mean, dude, when when they were when they made their last run. I'm 23 and 24 years old. I'm 50. About another 23, 24 years, I might not be here. <laughs> well, nobody knows that, but yeah. no. But you, you know what I'm saying? Like, right, I right, mean, right. and so you, you, you really want it to come together. You really sure. want to see it come together. Like, I, I think it would be just a great feeling for me, as just someone who lived here my whole life and has rooted for the Jazz, yeah, for my whole life. To win a championship would be just a really cool. Because I remember how special it was downtown here. In, it was awesome. In '97 and '98, awesome. yeah. it was unreal. It's not like I anything mean, we've experienced. People were going crazy. Right. I mean, crazy, and it was such a fun. And I have a, a brother that's 18 years younger than me. Uh huh. He doesn't really remember it that much. 
he's because he would have been five, six, seven years old. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he he's like, what was it like? And I'm like, I don't even know how to explain <laughs> it. Like everywhere you went, there was jazz shirts, t-shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People talking Larry about Miller stories about, about meeting John Stockton at Garth Sports and selling him a canoe. I mean, nobody, <laughs> you know, like no, there were so many stories. Oh, I saw the big dog at you know. Wherever. The cotton bottom, and yeah, he was yeah. eating a garlic burger, and he told us we we're gonna win it, and like there was just so many fun stories and so many, and it was just like, dude, it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen, and then I think in both series, you can remind me if I'm wrong, but I feel like the Jazz won the first game in both series. They win. And, That's and, where we I, there was one year was at Chicago DJ, where if you're driving, split, let us know where they where they split, and you're like, okay, we got it. It's home court advantage now. Like, yeah, yeah, the second year they it. did. You're going to win it, and, I, and it didn't happen. And you're just like, I can remember just sitting there. I, mean, I can remember jumping out of my seat in my parents' living room and, like, just, just scream and, like, uh, neighbors, like, looking through, like, is everything okay in there? And I'm like, how are you not watching the game? Like, how is what, there anybody Stockton outside? Stockton shot to get you in? Oh, yeah. Like, I remember where I was sitting when John Stockton hit that shot over Charles Barkley. Yeah. And you yeah. got – you got Bill Walton saying, uh-oh. Yeah. Like, that was a big deal. Oh, man, it was so fun. Right. So, as a, I, I don't know. I mean, how patient can I be? I, I don't. I think I'm as patient as anyone. Like, 50 years. I mean, I literally remember being in a foul shooting contest at the Cottonwood Mall with, with Adrian Dantley and Daryl Griffith. Like, that's how small the franchise was, where those guys were the guys handing me the ball. Oh, really? Yeah, for, like, a free-throw shooting contest at the Cottonwood Mall. Inside or outside? It was inside in, like, 19—I mean, you're talking, like, 1981. I was, like, six or seven years old. Really? Yeah, and I got to, like, hang out with Daryl Griffith and Adrian. I mean, I'm as patient as you can be. Like, just tell me that it's going to come together. Just keep hope alive for me. That's all I'm asking from— from Mr. Ainge and from 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 this organization. Like, just please, please keep hope alive for me. <laughs> That's Fan- what I'm asking. Phantom's an addiction, isn't it? That's so fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, when the Jazz are good, I get I get drawn back in. Right, right, right. I love it. I right. think we have a chance. I mean, I'm like, I'm like Harry on Dumb and Dumber. So he's saying there's a chance. Yeah, right. Like, just give me a chance. Right, That's exactly. It. There you go. All right, I want to talk to you about leadership and how they're going to go about it. And that's a that's a, a vague word with broad-based definitions, and we'll uh, get to that next. Stay with us, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.